listening to Shut Up and Invest. All right, here we go. Another episode of Shut Up and Invest. And make sure you tune in today. We're going to make it quick because Jay Money's got to go into a very important meeting. But you don't want to miss the secret sauce behind finding the buyers for your investment deals. How can you sell them quick? And we're going to make today quick and dirty, but powerful. And we're going to give the secret sauce on getting rid of those investment deals and making money fast. Jay, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Good to see you. You got a haircut? Man, let me tell you, I did. Uh, I did. Let me fix this camera right here. I did something I hadn't done since March. Wow. First of all, I was a little nervous because yeah, we did the uh, we did the maternity pictures. Well, actually, I'm already like two weeks in, but you missed me last episode. But <laughs> you had a hat on. You had to have a hat on last episode. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think. think you I, did. I think we need. I think we need to go back to the video. It's the replay. So, I did maternity pictures. So I couldn't go idea. maternity pictures with the uh, corona, with the corona look. So I had to mask up, put the gloves up, call my barber. What's the What's the safe process you guys are doing? Because at that two weeks ago, Florida. I mean, Florida's still on fire, but you know, Miami Dade was number one. Yeah. Yeah, we were. And then, and then I'm I'm going into a maternity studio for pictures. So we had to get extra careful. But he had me first in, cleaned everything, and masked up, gloved up, and finally got a haircut. Let me tell you, I felt like a brand new person. <laughs> a haircut is like superpowers to a man. I tell you, man, superpowers. Just yeah. like Clark Kent going to the booth. You come out with a haircut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speak. So on the topic of making uh, sure you're always fresh and clean, we got to make sure when you get a deal, when you get an opportunity, or maybe you've been sitting on a property and you're now thinking about selling it, um, how do you get rid of it? What's the secret sauce to find good buyers in your world? Also, um, a lot of people blow us up to find out what our seller financing and how we get those buyers. So there's... Uh, yeah, that's part, that's part of the secret sauce because there's different categories of buyers. So we're gonna get into all that today, and uh, and Jay, if you want to break down kind of the different categories, so that yeah, definitely one by one, definitely, definitely buyers. I mean, let's all you know. Let's be honest. Getting a deal actually isn't even that hard nowadays. There's deals everywhere. I mean, there are deals all over the place, right? The main important ingredient is getting the right buyers. And it's not having a huge buyers list. It's having the right buyers list. And I think it's having a, a diverse buyers list, right? So, you know, the different buyers right now that you got, you have your retail buyer. You know, this is Kevin's, like, mom or sister or aunt that wants to go out there and find a house retail. Um, Kevin deals with them in his mortgage side of, of the business. I used to deal with them a little bit as a broker agent, but I, pre- I cut them off pretty quickly after I found out that they always brought over Uncle Pepe to check on the roof and stuff like that. <laughs> so <laughs> you, got the retail, you got the retail buyers. Uh, then you got your um, your flippers, you know, your rehab flippers, right? That's a good buyer to have. Right now, people are still doing a lot of flips, so those buyers are definitely out there. You got your buy and hold buyers. These are your, uh, you know, people looking for rental properties. Um, and then you got your seller financing buyers, right, which is a whole different pool because 
these can be your investors, right? These can be investors. These can be homeowners. These can be people, you know, who can qualify for conventional financing. It can be people who don't qualify for conventional financing, right? That's why we like to deal with seller financing deals because that pool of buyers is a huge, huge pool. Um, you know, but those are your main buyers. And you, have, you know, then you have your other wholesalers, right? We all deal with each other in the, in the business too, right there. But those are your main buyers you want to have. You know, and I think as an investor, you want to have you know a little bit of everything in your uh, in your data book. <clears throat> yeah, let's let's start with the traditional retail side. So the traditional retail side, um, what are some of the different scenarios and how do you find good buyers there? Usually, they're coming with a realtor. That's usually where you find your traditional buyers. And in a scenario where you're selling a rental property, maybe that you have or you just renovated a property, you're going to go ahead and post it on the MLS. Mm -hmm. And that is where that's like putting the bad signal out. That's usually where you're going to find most of your retail buyers. That's where it shows up on realtor.com. It shows up on Zillow. It shows up on all the distribution sites because all these websites, they usually pull from mm -hmm the uh MLS. from the mls so yeah. automatically when you list it on the mls it blasts it to all these different websites and that's how people will start calling you as far as realtors if you're representing yourself or if you have a realtor representing you on your team they're gonna be fishing all those phone calls so you can list it on the mls there's a lot of listing services without a realtor that is mm -hmm. an option that is definitely. And you have, you know, even right now, you know, the last probably three, four years, you can probably find a lot of people who had some good um, success selling it for sale by owner, right? Because when the market is super, super high, it's a seller's market, you can have some success selling a property for sale by owner because there's not a lot of inventory in the market, right? And it's a, in a normal market, retail buyers are mostly going to be sold. The property will mostly be sold on the MLS. Right. For sale by owner has a website too, and they have some distribution as well. Facebook Marketplace, I think, in the last. 12 months, 18 months has really become a player in the game as far as generating leads. You can go ahead and post your properties on there and find retail buyers. So the retail buyers are either going to want to live in it or they're looking for an investment property that usually cash flows or is in a good area. And they are an investor that's not your typical off-market investor because that's really how I look at it. There's the off-market guys that they are looking for discounted, really good, you know, diamonds in the rough type deals. And then you have your investor who the retail investor who they may not be as familiar with the off market world. They just want to invest in properties. So they start looking for what they call a good rental property. And mm -hmm. they just pretty much look on the MLS and talk to some realtors, maybe check for sale by owners. And that's kind of your two ways of finding retail buyers yeah that, that retail um that retail buyer is what we call a turnkey a turnkey investor right the one who's looking for a property that's already set in stone right the, the realtor might have a management company in place and they just get that property and it's ready to go so that's not that's not your value add investor that's your turnkey investor who says hey give me a good property i have to touch for 15 years that's a tenant in place exactly now i do know some wholesalers have written in their contracts that they have the right to market the property on the MLS. So I do know that a few 
will market to cash only investors using the MLS before they've even closed on that property. Have you ever done that, Jay? I haven't. I I have not done that, right? So, I, and I think some states, some it depends on the MLS. Some MLSs won't let you do that unless you get a power of attorney, maybe. Or I know in Florida you can do it, right? In, in Michigan you cannot do that. So I never did do that. Um, but a lot of people do do it. I mean, if you look at the Miami MLS, you'll see a lot of those deals on there that are wholesalers selling the deal and it's listed on MLS. Right. So the idea behind that, if you can do that in your area, is you lock up a deal for 100000 but you put it on the MLS for 120000 You haven't even closed on it. If the seller that is selling you the property comes across that listing and <laughs> asks, Hey, I see you're already selling the property and we haven't even closed and you're selling it for more than what you're buying it from me. At that point, you have that verbiage in the contract that they sign mm -hmm. to show that you have the right to be able to do it. And from the certain clients that I work with that do use that technique, their sales pitch from what they've shared with me is, Hey, we're already looking for the buyer. Once we buy it and do some things to it, we want that buyer ready to go to maximize my time and sell it fast. As I told you from the beginning, we're investors and that's what we do. And that kind of calms any kind of, you know, plain devil's advocate worry that the seller might say, wait a minute, if you could sell it for more, I might as well sell it for more. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the risk that sometimes you run use, using that strategy. I agree. Definitely. It's all about communication, right? I mean, everything in the day is communication with your sellers up front. I always tell people that make sure you communicate with them up front, right? Especially, you know, with a home, let them know, hey, I'm bringing through partners, contractors, all, you know, that way it's an easier process to get your buyers through the property. 100%. All right. We'll leave, uh, we'll leave the best for last, which is the seller financing deal. So <laughs> make sure everybody watches the rest of the show. We got 20 more minutes, guys. Hold your horses. Let's move through. <laughs> The flippers. So flippers. how do I sell my investment properties? How do I sell my real estate deals to flippers? What are some of the best ways? I mean, flippers, honestly, these are guys that are out in the street, right? So I think the number way to sell the flippers is just to uh, network, right? Networking, investment events, right? Anytime you're driving around and you see uh, any kind of construction going on, flippers, flippers love buying deals off market. Right, yeah. you have to go out there and find them. They'll work with them. They'll work with realtors too, right? Flippers are not. They're not like loyal to one person, right? right. If you find a deal for them and bring it to them, they will definitely work with you. So I think a lot of that is marketing for them, right? They will buy deals in MLS, uh, the MLS too. Um, you know, a lot of flippers right now are on social media. You can find them on Facebook, on Craigslist. Um, they're out there. They're looking. You, you got to go find them. <laughs> yeah. So here's a definite secret sauce tip for flippers. You guys need to have a database of every handyman, every contractor, every plumber, every electrician, because who is the people that hire them? Flippers. So <laughs> you, might, you get a property that's a great deal to flip. If you blast this out to every possible contractor in that you've built a database with, every time you see them, you know, business card, anybody, anytime you see them working on a house, stop, get their information, talk to them about the what they're doing, who their client is, who the mm -hmm. owner of that property is. They will start to tell you, oh, yeah, no, this guy, 
This is what he does. He buys five or six deals. He keeps me busy. I'm working with him exclusively. Or no, I just started working with this guy. Get the story behind who that person is and potentially ask for an introduction. But at the same time, get the create a database and get the information of the contractors and let them know that you will pay a referral fee if they take it to their people. Not only that, but they're almost guaranteeing themselves another job if they're yeah, the ones yeah. that take it to their, their people who hire them and say, hey, I got another deal here that might be good. You might be interested in this. If the guy's into it, he probably says, you know, do the work just like you're doing on the other property for me. Definitely. I've sold a lot of deals through uh, contract relationships, right? Those are very, very good contractors, guys who haul trash, <laughs> landscapers, right? Any of those relationships are very, very good. They're dealing with homeowners and investors every single day. 100%. And like you said, if you guys are picking up deals, especially if you're going into virtual real estate uh, investing, like we show in the course that if you guys haven't gone to showedupandinvest.com and clicked on the tips and tools and tricks, we are releasing that within the next week. We're putting the final touches. We get into virtual real estate investing. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you need to do when you have deals is get involved with the local associations. That literally is a group of real estate investors that meet <laughs> on a monthly basis. And now more than ever, because of the whole Corona thing, that all of them are moving to virtual events, you can pretty much attend anybody across the nation's association meetings and presentations and webinars and network right within the people in the chat, just like you can on this show, that is how you can pick up more buyers, more people for your database so that you can sell your deals. If you're not in a Facebook group in the markets that you're doing deals in, then you're missing a whole group of buyers. I mean, there are deals being done in the local association Facebook group or, you know, the local investors of Miami, wherever you're at. There are deals being done. There's deals being exchanged in those groups all the time. So, I mean, definitely online right now, it's a great source. Type in your area in real estate on Twitter. Type it in anywhere online, and you'll find buyers right there. Yeah. For buy and hold, the next category. These are buy and hold, man. Cash flow. Yeah, cash flow. To me, these are the best buyers, right? And, and why are they the best buyers? Because buy and hold buyers are buying all the time, right? They're, they're buying all the time. They're not flippers. You have to make the numbers work exactly the way for an ARV. They're looking for cash flow, right? They're buying more deals than the average flipper guy is. And they're buying every market. A buy and hold buyer buys when it's high at the numbers work. You can buy in a low market. He's always going to buy. 100%. Now, the buy and hold guys, you got to kind of have a conversation with these guys when you talk to them. Because they each look at deals differently. Definitely. Some of the buy and hold guys are going to tell you a set amount that they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to get $500 a month on a deal. If not, it's not a deal. Mm-hmm. Or I need a cap rate. Then mm-hmm. you have the guys that are always talking cap rate. Cap rate can get a little confusing because I've started to notice each person calculates cap rate a little differently. They do. Yep. <laughs> so they do. You some people just, just divide more PITI, principal interest taxes and insurance into the rental income and they decide that that's the cap rate. 
other people will take the rest of the expenses that we all know yep. that come into a rental property. I'm not a big cap rate fan because of the gray area of what the universal expenses should or should not be. <laughs> There's like a debate. So many people do it differently. I just come very straightforward and say, what do you want a net cash flow on a deal so that I got a good idea of what deals work best for you? That's smart. You know, I mean, what you're saying is true. Cap rate is different by market, right? So you all, we all know an, a market that's appreciating, you get a lower, a lower cap rate, right? A market that's more of a cash flow market, you get a higher cap rate. And then it comes down to, are you counting vacancy? What do you use for vacancy, right? Are you counting max expenses? What do you use for that? It's very hard to get to a, 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 a tight formula on cap rate. So the best way to go is the way Kevin said, what kind of cash flow do you want? Like, what do you want to walk away from? Some people want a certain amount of cash flow. Some people want to just make their payment and pay the mortgage down. I have buy and hold buyers right now who they just want to pay the mortgage down, right? Pay it down for 10, 15 years and then cash flow. So you got to have yeah. that conversation and figure it out. <clears throat> yeah. So now that you kind of get an idea of how you um, label these, these cash flow buy and hold type buyers, where do you find them? So that conversation is really good to have with financial advisors and with accountants because mm -hmm. a lot of the times, during, especially during tax season, when people are flipping out on the amount of taxes they need to buy, a usual conversation an accountant will have with that person is, man, have you thought about investing in real estate so that you can get some expenses to cut down the amount of money that you're paying in taxes every year. So that is one of their like go-to consulting advice, especially for these self-employed borrowers that have to pay 40, 50, 60, 100, $200,000 a year in property taxes. Yeah, property managers too. Property manager property management companies is a huge source for buy and hold investors. Property managers, it is golden. I got a couple of property managers that always take care of me. So you make sure you take care of them. And it's just by building a relationship. Um, so, you and know. Don't forget, don't forget Kevin Lenders. Don't forget lenders. Lenders are good for buying whole uh, rental investors too, because most of them have a relationship with a lender who's going to be doing their deals for them. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if the rest of the lenders out there in the world are as good as me, but guys, you know, you got to try to find them. You got to try to find them out there. And hopefully they speak the language and he's 100% right. And I'm kidding. There's plenty of great lenders out there that are constantly pre-approving people that are asking for, um, they're asking for rental properties. Hey, yeah, I want to get pre-approved because I want to, purchase a, a rental. So you have your contractor database, you blast them if you have a deal. You have your lender database, you blast them and you if you have a deal. You have your realtor database, you blast them if you have a deal. You have your investor database, you blast them if you have a deal. All these verticals and these categories, it's like think of it like a river where you're sticking your pole in and trying to fish. Jay, you still with me there? Because I lost uh, the image. No, I think we lost Jay completely. Just when we were going to get to the secret sauce. So, ha Mr. Joe Rich, he's asking, how do we get to you? Yes, sir. 
you can always message me. This is my handle right here at a at K J I M E N O that you can get to me on Instagram and it's also on Twitter and just look me up Kevin Jimeno, um, which is this last name right here. You can reach me in um, LinkedIn and you can find me pretty much on any social media, but definitely through the shut up and invest the team there will let us know if anybody is sending any messages requesting to talk to us. We'd be happy to jump on the phone and I can guide you even if we don't do a financing in your area, um, which we do a lot in most areas, but we can point you in the right direction as well. So no worries on that end. What's up, Yo, Jay? My I, was, like, I, was, I was about to give the secret without you. <laughs> For some reason, you know, we've been having storms here. Like the electric just surges out. I don't know, man. Miami's crazy. <laughs> but I'm so not- I'm talking about the different verticals. Have your realtor database. Have your lender database. Have your contractor database. Have your investor database. And then have your professional database. And these are key professionals that accountants, attorneys, financial advisors, build that out because these are professionals that have databases. When I that's the way I kind of categorize what my professional vertical, my professional category is, is mm-hmm. the power of a tribe. If you're someone that has a tribe, I want to connect with you because then you could take it out to your tribe versus. If I send it to my cousin who maybe works for AT&T, cool. He might actually have a friend or something, but my cousin who works for AT&T doesn't have a database. You know, he punches in, punches out, talks to his buddies, talks to his friends and family. He's not what I put into the professional category in my CRM, but I'll put an attorney because an attorney has a Rolodex of clients and and partners and vendors a cpa has the same thing so anyone with a database is what i put in the professional category and each one of these get the messages of deals uh we were talking about the deal last week for the probate deal the only way that deal works is if i partner with an attorney who wants to do it together so that i don't put up all that money and if you guys want more uh on that check out the last show we did and that's what I'm doing. I'm going down my professional database and kind of just, you know, shooting the, shooting the, what's a nice word for saying shooting the, uh, <laughs> shooting the, the poo poo. Cause now <laughs> YouTube is affecting our algorithm if we're cursing, <laughs> on, our, if we're cursing on our videos. So, oh. Um, you know, uh, you know who a good uh, buy and hold database is for buy and hold um, investor is, um, doctors right so any kind of high earner i got a couple doctor friends right i got a doctor friend who knows some other doctor friends who and one thing with doctors or anybody who makes a lot of money they need to spend money right you talked about before the cpa well the cpa will tell you hey my this doctor needs to buy a house or check with some doctors right because doctors are investing that's why you see doctors with bolts (laughs) and beach houses they gotta spend money to offset taxes right so a lot of doctors are good buy and hold investors 100 percent how would you start the conversation to get financial advisors and accountants to refer you to their clients? That's a really great question. And the way we do it or the way I do it is first and foremost, 
I ask every single one of my people if they have a good financial advisor or an accountant. Mm -hmm. And I want them to give me their, their people because it's a lot easier to call a financial advisor or call an accountant and say, hey, what's up? I'm Kevin. Jory actually gave me your information. He told me you were the best in the biz. I was looking for a good accountant. Or, hey, Jory told me that you were a good financial advisor. I kind of wanted to pick your brain and get you know some idea of what you do. And you start to get to know them and build a relationship. Now, my rule of thumb always is frog them in the beginning. Because when you're calling someone and you're just like, hey, I got something that I yeah. want to sell you. Yeah. And I don't know you, you know, from anything that usually doesn't work well nine out of 10 times. So I use the acronym FROG, which means I'm touching base on what do they do, which is occupation, the O in FROG. F is for family. I usually leave family for last if it's a brand new introduction and there's not a lot of you know comfort. We don't know each other yet. I'm not trying to ask about your divorce and, and your... <laughs> And your, yeah, your, your three baby mamas. Like we don't gotta get up. <laughs> we don't gotta get into that conversation right off the bat. But the I, it's F for family, O for occupation, R for recreation, and G for goals. When I meet somebody, I'm usually talking to them about their occupation. So tell me a little bit about your, you know, your practice and your area of expertise and who you focus on. And then they start telling me about their job or whatnot. I easily transition from there to goals. Like, oh, man, that sounds interesting. Sounds like you got a lot on your plate. You know, what's the goal here? Are you going to try to make that big? Are you looking to retire anytime soon? Are you looking to scale back and take it easy? Then I get an idea of what their wants and desires are as far as their professional life. Then I transition usually from there into recreation. Man, and with all that, what do you do to disconnect? And, you know, what do you like? Mm -hmm. Golf, this. And if they like something that I like, right there, I'm like, oh, we need to do that. We need to go out to the golf range and talk some more. Like, you know, are you free Saturday? Let's go, you know, hit some balls off the tee or or whatever the golf jargon is. You could tell. <laughs> I don't golf at all. I thought you <laughs> took the Heat games in the suite, Kevin. I thought, I thought that's what you did. You took them to the Heat game, put them in the suite. And you got all the information. <laughs> Man, I, I, I did Miami Heat season tickets for four years simply for that reason. I mean, I'm a I'm a basketball fan, more a Laker fan than the Heat fan, but uh, but the Heat are number two on my list. And yeah, no, I used we had four season ticket games uh just to be able to take people out for that same exact reason. I brought that up because think about all the money, right? All the people who bought those sweet, you know, the corporate people who buy that stuff. All the snoozing and dining and wine that's not going on right now during COVID, you know? Big so, time. Yeah. And then how do you get them to actually, once you warm them up, talk about their family, the recreation, the occupation, the goals, you get to know them, they're going to give you insights there of what they focus on, what they're trying to accomplish, you know, what type of things they're into. From there, you're looking for some common ground or whatnot. And then you, they usually say, what about you? And when they say, what about you? Well, listen, I'm a real estate investor. I actually help people get a return on investment, on deals. I usually have a lot of good rental deals that I can't keep myself. 
So I'm looking for good contacts like yourself to be able to share these deals with. And if you're interested or somebody in your network is interested, then we can work out a profit sharing or I pay a referral fee for mm -hmm. these deals and that's my business. And then at that point, they'll tell you if it makes sense or not. And, and for an accountant, it's easy to say, listen, I need to really partner with a good accountant because a lot of people have questions on the tax implications on these deals. So I want to be able to have a good accountant that I can refer to my people interested. And if you by any chance have anybody who's interested, that'd be great as well. So if I could share the details with you and refer people that might be interested that have tax questions, is that okay? Nine out of 10 times, the accounts are going to be like, of course, you can refer me. Not a problem. Definitely. And the same, same thing for financial advisors. Like, hey, I'm not sure where to put my money, this and that. And I'm looking for financial advisors. By any chance, do you have any self-directed IRA programs that we can kind of team up with? And I can send you people that want to invest, but do it in the smartest way. The financial advisors could get tricky sometimes simply because they have products that they want their clients yeah, to invest they're selling, they're selling 401ks and other stuff that isn't exactly real estate. You know, and if you talk about a self-directed IRA to financial advisor, he's going to kick you out of his office. That doesn't make him any money, any fees. Yeah. So. But what you said is important, though. Like, don't just go in there asking for something, right? Build a relationship with them, right? Bring them some business first, and then in return, bring you business back. Yeah. And even with the financial advisor, it's kind of like, hey, do you have some of your clients that are looking for real estate within their portfolio? Because sometimes they do need the tax breaks and they need are looking for something and and you can provide that that alternative real estate investment for them. So with them, you could just, you know, be a little bit more direct as to asking them the question if they ever look for good real estate deals for their clients. Um, the last part, because I know we got probably what, about 15 more minutes, Max? 10 yeah, more minutes? Yeah, we have 15 minutes and we're good. Okay. We're good on time. A Let's lot of the secrets. I'm sorry, what? We're going to set our financing buyers that we're at. Yeah. And so a lot of you guys follow us because of the creative financing side of things. So we covered pretty much a lot of the traditional things and gave you guys ideas. But the funnest part is finding people that want to buy these creative deals, the deals that you can make a lot of money, make some cash flow on. So, Jay, why don't you break down the art of the seller finance deals? Yeah, I was just talking to somebody today about that. Um, they were asking me, you know, where do we, where do I need to market this deal at? And, and the first thing I say is this. Every buyer fits the creative fire pool, uh, the, the creative buyer pool, right? That's why creative deals is such a powerful weapon because your buyer pool, it fits everybody, right? You're a cash buyer that has cash. Right. If he's going to pay $50,000 cash, he's going to probably pay $10,000 down <laughs> on the property and make payments, too, if it allows him to shred his cash out. Right. So your, your average cash buyer fits your creative financing deals. Right. You're uh, your buy and hold, your flip guy. Right. They, they fit it. Right. Then you have your homeowners. Right. You have homeowners who can't qualify for conventional financing. They're definitely looking for creative financing. Right. Any kind of seller financing terms you can get. Right. You have. Um, no, you're a retail buyer where you might have a retail buyer who Kevin says, hey, you're like two months out from getting financed through us. 
They might go find a deal creatively where they can get into that house for two months and refinance it with Kevin, right? So they're all out there. Now, where do we where do we advertise to find them at? Number one place is social media, right? All the buyers on is on social media, right? So when I'm doing a creative deal, you'll see it's on my Instagram page, Instagram stories. It's on my Facebook profile. It's in Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace is full of buyers. You got you to gotta weed through them, sort them out, and pre-qualify them. But there are creative de- creative deal buyers in Facebook Marketplace like never before, and it's free, right? Um, Craigslist is still a great source. People are still on Craigslist. There's a, a website called OfferUp. OfferUp's a good site, right? Uh, Bigger Pockets, you can find them on there, right? Um, anywhere where people are looking to buy and you can market that, you're going to find creative financing buyers. Then it just becomes uh, what does that deal fit best, right? I mean, it might be a deal where it's better for a homeowner because your numbers don't fit for an investor, right? So then you market that towards a homeowner, right? If it's a deal that can cash flow anyway, or there's any kind of equity in it, you're going to be able to find an investor buyer in all your sources. My buyers list for cash buyers, they get our creative deals too. If we do a creative deal, Kevin will get a text from me. It goes to all my buyers. It comes through too, because if they're buying cash, they're buying financing, they're going to be open to buying creatively with us too, right? So that's, that's the secret key to, to seller financing, creative financing deals, your buyer pool expands, right? It, it triples, <laughs> right? They're all out there. It just depends on does that deal make sense for them. Yeah. And then having conversations with your lenders, especially your private lenders yes. and yep. your realtors, but on the private lenders, along with everybody else that we mentioned, your title companies, your professional partners, but private lenders and realtors and mortgage brokers they're constantly being approached with buyers that want to buy a primary residence a lot of the times. And mm. the traditional private money loan, because of all the guidelines, yeah. they don't usually lend to someone that wants to live in the house. Yeah, definitely. You know where that doesn't apply? On the seller financing deals. If mm. you have the property and you're offering seller terms, you don't have to follow the same exact guidelines that a lender has to follow to protect uh, uh, the rules set for lending money in the primary residence category. So if you have a seller financing deal, you now become attractive to someone that hasn't been able to, to qualify traditionally or cannot get a private money loan but they can, and their only option is mm-hmm. seller financing. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, they're out there like crazy right now. Of course, banks have tightened. Banks have changed, right? So there's a huge gap that we feel. We're feeling it every single day, right? The lenders are, are on spot. And also the credit repair companies, right? If you're not talking to credit repair companies, I mean, that's your pool right there, especially of, of uh, owner-occupant buyers. They, they have tons of them right there. You know, most of these people have the down payment. Right. They have the income to match the payment. They just aren't credit worthy yet to get approved by a bank or a private lender who can't do it because of the guidelines. Right. Banded signs, guys, they they build a nice little buyers list for you where you put out banded signs that says seller finance, the three bedroom, two bathroom house or uh, lease option to buy because a lot of people. They don't even understand the seller financing side of it, but mm-hmm. they've heard rent to buy, lease to, to buy. You yeah. put out those signs saying both, and the same people that are interested in lease to buy 
will be interested in a seller financing deal because at the end of the day, you could structure it very similar. It's just using different words to almost say the same thing because at the end, all they want is a property that they can buy and live in that doesn't have to go through the traditional lending methods with a bank. Yep, definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's people, especially, um, you know, people who are, who might not have their, uh, they might not be citizens yet, right? They have a good job, but they don't have citizens yet, right? That's a huge pool of uh, seller finance creative buyers. They have a lot of cash on hand, but they can't get a mortgage yet. We do a lot of deals with that. Um, you know, a lot of investors right now, I'm, I'm doing a deal right now with an investor. This, this guy's the investor who owns 300 properties, right? But he's looking for a set of financing deal because he can't go conventional anymore. <laughs> he has too many loans, conventional, and a lot of the private guidelines are tightened. You know, Kevin will tell you firsthand, the private guidelines changed a lot from March to today as far as LTVs and down payments, stuff like that. So the reason why we preach it so much is because right now and moving forward, it's a huge opportunity if you can do these creative deals to become the bank yourself. 100%. We got a question from Joseph. Would you rather buy on a wrap or sub two and why? So those are two different things. Again, remember, a wrap is an exit strategy, right? So let's just kind of break it down. If I buy sub two, Kevin has a house. He has a mortgage on the house for $50,000, right? He agrees to sell me the house subject to the mortgage. That's called sub two, okay? If I don't want to own the house, keep myself, I would then go sell that house on a wrap to another buyer, meaning I would wrap around his mortgage and offer seller financing terms to another end buyer. So you have to remember that wrap is an exit strategy. We never buy on wraps. We don't, as in, me and Kevin don't. Some people do. We, don't, we never buy on wraps. We're going to be that sub too. There's too much for me that could go wrong between me and the actual homeowner. So we don't buy on wraps, right? We will buy on sub two all day long. Sub two is a very, very powerful tool to buy a property and create wealth. A wrap is a very powerful tool to sell that property create wealth, be the bank, and uh, have a little more stress-free investment property. Yeah. I second that motion. <laughs> and I a lot of people get confused with that, too. Sub two means it's a mortgage. Not just a mortgage. It could be a tax lien. It could be a contractor lien. There's some kind of lien on the property that you're buying that's sticking on the property, right? Or you buy sort of financing, which means it's free and clear. The... Um the internet game right now is also really good to build a list of possible like think of it like you want to be like that thanksgiving uh what is it black friday where you have yeah. people at, in line waiting for you to drop your open your doors and drop your next property that's what building these lists whether you're yeah. doing the bandit signs or you're posting on craigslist and people are calling you, even if you don't have a property right now, you should be posting and building this list out so that you have 10, 15, 20, 30 people running Facebook ads and getting people to sign up, running Facebook ads saying, you know, three bedroom, two bathroom house, rent to buy, lease options, seller financing, and having people give your name, phone number, and email and sign up. You want 30, 50, 100 people. That way, when you finally get the deal, you have a list of people waiting in line. Some of them may have already found the place, mm -hmm. but out of 100, there'll still be some people that are looking for the next deal for themselves. And, and we didn't say that, but the best way to, to build a buyer's list of these kind of buyers is to, is to post a deal, right? Or if you don't have a deal, post what Kevin just said. I have a list so long of buyers right now. We're actually going out looking for what they need 
for seller financing deals because our carrot site, right? Our carrot site is full of seller financing deals. We get two or three buyers per day on our carrot site who are seller financing buyers. So the internet is huge, huge for that. Yeah, 100%. One question on there, Kevin, you wanna, are you going to that? You guys have any whole life insurance policies for seller financing? We, I don't yet, but I'm definitely um, going to soon. I don't know if you saw. Um, I, I, I'm really big into the whole infinite banking concept, which that's where you get the whole life insurance policy, dividend paying, that you can kind of create your own bank that way. Um, you know, using that plus seller financing to me is like, a, you know, a huge, huge cheat code to create some wealth. So we're actually going to be having Chris Nagel, Kevin, who I um, – well, I'm giving away two of his books. We're going to announce that later on today. We're going to give away two of his books. We're going to do a, a special little um, contest to give away two of his books. But he's going to be coming on here in the next two weeks probably talking about whole life insurance policies and how you can use them to create your own bank and to fund your real estate deal. So I don't currently, but we're looking into it. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you also may know what they have as down payment as well. Definitely. Yeah, let me say something. When, you, when your buyers are coming to your website or wherever from online, you're going to fill out a sheet right then. So they're going to give you all the information, right? So the buyers that we have, they're going to fill out a buyer profile sheet, right? Our, every CRM or our website has them. That buyer profile sheet is going to outline, you know, how much they make per month, how much of down payment they have what kind of payment they can afford and the stuff they're looking for in the house. So that way you can start building these buyer profiles and go out and find a house that matches those buyers. Perfect. And that's for, that's for seller financing, buy and hold, fix and flip. Any kind of buyer you have, you should know what that buyer wants, right? And then you just go find it for them. Yeah. And you don't want to give terms until you ask those questions and make sure and then you want to ask for the documentation, which we've talked about in different shows, to be able to make sure that they're not just wasting your time. And you're over here negotiating with someone who's just a looky-loo, and they don't really have the money. They don't really have nothing. They're just kind of calling you on one of the strategies we're talking about and having a conversation. And you think they're going to buy because they're talking a big one. And then you miss out on four or five or six other people that would have been because you put all your eggs in a basket right away. If they're serious, ask for proof of funds. Mm -hmm. So even though you don't have to do the underwriting and that the banks do and do that whole paperwork that the banks do, you still want to right away, ask for proof of funds, ask for proof of income. You want to do your own due diligence. Just mm -hmm. like if you were being a landlord, if you're going to offer these seller financing deals, because at the end of the day, you need them to pay for it to work. Definitely. My first my first deal as a realtor, well, it wasn't a deal. I got a looky-loo buyer. I took this buyer probably around 25, 30 houses to find out they weren't approved by a bank, <laughs> by a mortgage company. My first deal. Well, it didn't have to be a deal, but I learned quickly after that, never, ever, ever do that again. They wasted so much of my time. I'm broke with a wife and four kids, and I'm driving all around Grand Rapids showing the people houses. <laughs> they didn't have a pre-approval yet. <laughs> And it's exactly like that on seller financing deals too, for sure. Yeah. Hey, we are dev here. They're asking us if are you guys open to JVing on deals? One hundred percent. We actually have a form you can fill out. Um, we'll be adding it to the website, but right now you can message us directly on our social media, and we'll send you the form. Oh yeah, find us on Facebook group. Shut up and invest, and uh, we'll post the form link there. You can fill out 
the details of the deal and we can definitely uh walk you through the deal and and jv on it joseph is asking what would happen with all the sub two deals if the market depreciates tremendously you better hold on. I mean, that, that's the that's the risk of sub two. There's a couple of risks of sub two that you should know about. Kevin brought one big one up, not today, but um, the taxes go up too, right? Remember that those taxes can go up. So when you're doing a sub two deal, you need to make sure you're you're you know you're kind of giving yourself some room for appreciation when the taxes go up and your cash flow goes down. Also, when you buy a sub two, you, you got to be ready to hold on to that throughout any kind of market cycle, right? And you have to have reserves to make sure that you know if your tenant doesn't pay or if your end buyer doesn't pay. You can make that payment. So, you know, sub two is a great, great tool, but make sure you're prepared and you're and you're protected and you have those reserves on hand, which we talked about last year, reserves to be able to withstand any kind of change in the market. Yeah. If you're assuming somebody's mortgage payment because you're gonna try to flip the property, um, and that's how you're trying to sell the deal, be very careful because mm-hmm. it's no different than if you're trying to flip a property right now. We're in a unstable economic time period. If you can turn around and rent the deal, if for whatever reason the market corrects and you can't sell that deal at the price point you needed to make money and pay this mortgage off, well, okay, I could sit my backup plan is rent it and I still make cash flow and I'm still good, then you're good. But if your only exit strategy is flipping that deal and you took on that sub two deal and the market depreciates now you're stuck mm-hmm. yep you if are. you can't rent it <laughs> you're gonna have to you know pay the difference if not you're gonna have a big problem on your hand yeah you gotta have reserves i mean a lot of people are flipping right now and you can still flip right now but you gotta be very very careful you are because the market's going crazy. It really is. I mean, the, 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 there's seller markets all over the country. But right before it turns, it usually looks like it looks like today. <laughs> it usually looks like it looks like today. But all of a sudden, out of the blue, oh, what happened? It was all good just a week ago, right? So <laughs> make sure you're prepared. 100%. All right, my people. I think we're good because I know we got to jump into the two o'clocks. So I think it's a wrap, my friend. Definitely, man. Make sure you guys go to our website. Make sure you're in the Facebook group. Um, you know, keep going out there and invest and send us any questions you got. If we didn't answer them today on this on this live, you know, send us a message or ask in the Facebook group. We're always in there active too. Shut up and invest. Yeah, post it. You can post comments here on the YouTube channel too, and we'll answer them. That way, when people see the recording, they can see the answers to the questions as well. So we appreciate you guys. And uh check out our free training. Go to shutupandinvest.com. Hey, thank you once again for listening to Shut Up and Invest. If you guys are motivated at the thought of continuing your real estate journey with us, then visit shutupandinvest.com. There you can join our community and take advantage of more free resources. And don't forget, please like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you're first to hear our new content every week. Most importantly, get active and don't forget to shut up and invest.